Welcome to episode 20 of Storm the Norm, the fortnightly podcast where we pick up norms that come in the way of businesses succeeding in a disruptive world. I'm Narayan. And I'm Aniksha Motwani. Storm the Norm is now brought to you in association with Grant Thornton Bharat and includes GT Insights, a special capsule from a GT expert. On to today's episode now. Anisha, I want to start with a rapid fire quiz on the norm we are storming today. Are you ready? Okay, I'll give it a shot. All right, here you go then. Uh, question one Which of the following companies was the fastest to a billion dollar valuation? Is it A, Amazon, B, Google, C, Tesla, D, Apple? Must have been such a long time ago, Narayan. All I remember reading is that the billion has become a trillion and the fastest company to become a trillion dollar valuation was Apple, I think. You've neatly sidestepped the uh, correct answer, but I'll come back to it. <laughs> All right, here's question two. In his world record creating 100 meter sprint, Sane Bolt clocked, what was it, around 9.52 seconds, I think. Mm-hmm. Who came second? Was it A, Asafa Powell, B, Tyson Gay, C, Carl Lewis, D, Ben Johnson? Who remembers number two, Narayan? Question number three. Which of the following happened on July 4th? Is it A, America got its independence from Britain in 1776, B, Sir George Everest, after whom Mount Everest is named, was born in 1790, the Louisiana Purchase from the French was announced in 1803, or D, Swami Vivekananda died on this day in 1902? Well, this one's simple, Narayan. Of course, it's America's big freedom day. All right. Well, that's good. Well, uh, you're confident of the answer. So well done, Anisha. (laughs) Thank you, Narayan. I have a feeling you weren't just testing my fastest finger reflexes, though. What were you? (laughs) You're right, Anisha. I wasn't. I was actually trying to see if you were going to own the future. After Mm -hmm. all, as we will see with today's norm, the future belongs to the fast. Or does it? Well, I don't know about me being the fastest, but I certainly didn't remember who came in second after Usain Bolt. That's certainly an indication that future generations won't remember anyone but the fastest. On the surface, it certainly does seem so, doesn't it? This norm that the future belongs to the fast feels as old as time itself. Aesop articulated it with a fable of the hare and the tortoise. Yeah. Pioneers throughout time became rulers by being the first to get somewhere or to conquer new lands. Mm-hmm. In business, we've had the idea of the first mover advantage for a long time. And in a frenzied VC-fueled new economy, it definitely feels like you're a loser if you're not the first out of the blocks. Well, all of that is true, but I have a feeling you're going to say, but none of that matters. (laughs) Uh, Yes, but none of that seems to matter when you examine the norm just a little more closely. Mm -hmm. Let me take the other two questions I asked you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you suddenly beat me to the uh, to the finish line there. Tesla is certainly the fastest to a billion-dollar valuation. But as you rightly pointed out, the first to a trillion-dollar market cap, that's Apple, not Tesla. Mm-hmm. And Apple has been around far longer than all of the others. And oh, the answer to the third question, you were right, but so were all the other three answers. All four occurred on July 4th. But the one answer you remember and perhaps that the future would also remember, is the oldest, that of America's independence. So what does that say about the norm? So are you implying that we may be confusing speed with what successfully endures? I'd say I'm I'm wondering about that, Anisha. 
there is obviously a time and a place for fads. I look at fads in the same way as I look at a ramp walk at a fashion show. Interesting. They're both, they're both things we throw at the wall to see which ones will stick. And the ones that stick are not necessarily the ones we throw first at the wall. But hasn't nature embedded in us indelibly that the slow get eaten up by the fast? Survival of the fastest is just merely a variation of survival of the fittest. Isn't that so? It's interesting you say that, Anisha. I guess the key is to remember that fast is only one variant of fit when it comes to survival. Mm-hmm. Adaptations are what have allowed a myriad species to survive and thrive in the natural world. And while on one level it's the same with humans, we must also remember that our world is governed by not just natural laws, but social, economic, political, cultural ones that require us to pursue things not just for survival, but for other reasons that can only be classified as human. And it applies to individuals as it applies to business. I agree that social, economic, political, cultural laws shape us. Isn't that why fast does seem to be winning and defining the future? Look at all around us. That's what we seem to celebrate. The fastest to become a billionaire, a unicorn to market, the fastest finger on quiz shows, the fastest to a T20 century in a cricket. It is. And perhaps that's precisely why it's ripe for storming as a norm, Anisha. Oh, so that's what you were building up to all this while. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm, warming, I'm warming up to this idea now. Okay, then. Well, I think we're in a good place to pick up speed. If you remember in our annual special episode number 19, we had talked about the juxtaposition of fast and slow mm-hmm. and how the pandemic made us involuntarily choose slow by putting life on pause. Yes. I'd say now's as good a time as any to examine if that was just a blip or if this norm that the future belongs to the fast can be, indeed must be, stormed. And to do that, we have perhaps the best spokesperson for slow in the country today. Nilesh Misra is one of India's leading change makers who has introduced new and socially impactful ideas constantly, ideas that have positively impacted millions of people. He has led the creation of Slow, a community that believes in mindful living through the consumption of decent content, decent products, and decent experiences. Does seem like just the best person we could have to storm this norm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nilesh, for joining us today in this episode of Storm the Norm. Uh, Delighted to have you here. We'll jump straight in. For years now, from boardrooms to the World Economic Forum in Davos, from homes where breakfasts are grabbed on the go to T20 matches where everything happens in a whirlwind, we are seeing clues everywhere that the future belongs to the fast. And if you only follow the money, the economic angle, it seems hard to disagree with that norm. What's your take on it? So, um, thank you for having me. And uh, I think along all these different moments that you mentioned, there is a parallel set of moments that I would like to present, which mm-hmm. is when you watch uh, screaming news anchors on television <laughs> and cringe, when you watch uh, regressive primetime content on GC channels and cringe, um, when you come to know that your honey might have Chinese sauce, when your child might mm-hmm. be standing up on watching uh, Shin-Chan or some other kind of content which he or she should not be watching, 
when you are uh, sold the idea or the fear that if you do not if you have your child coding at four or five they are ruined for life um when you go to a shopping mall which all seems identical when you go to a pub where you cannot listen to the person you have in front of you and when you don't want all of that what you want is slow hmm. um we all go through these moments every single day and hmm. we've just not defined it we've just not quantified it we've just not put a value to sort of uh, what we're talking about how many how many people i would say two in every three people want um, want slow uh, mm. but they don't have it yet they don't have it mm. in one place for sure we've had it in uh, scattered places of course you'll have someone selling uh, organic food or a nice uh, quiet uh, resort to go to where you can watch the sunset or some decent content but there's no single place for it and i i i think um uh, so i would disagree with this norm uh, and say that the overwhelming uh, majority of of uh, um, viewers consumers they want slow they have not been offered it um, it's not that and 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 slow is not about uh, slow is not saying that you just physically slow down not mm. at all it's not saying mm. that you will not watch that t20 match or uh, you know uh, so i feel that it's a way of looking at life and that circles back to business that circles back to who you are as people so nilesh hmm. uh, you think that there are enough of your kinds out there in the world who are ready to slow down because as much as it is a battle of slow versus fast in reality it also seems like it's a battle of perception what will it take for actually india to have more like you to make this a universally accepted norm i am not the exception i'm just talking about it mm-hmm. i'm not the exception and um i think yes it is a question of perception um but i am living in my village at my home and the, the name of my home is slow um i shoot uh, conversations here that are watched by millions and millions of people around the world the same people who also watch t20 who watch ott shows who watch um, amazon and netflix i'm talking about millions and millions of people but like i said it's not been brought together yet there's not been because what i'm saying is actually subversive what i'm saying is that there are hundreds of millions of dollars of investment coming into businesses that are actually propagating uh you know things that need quick gratification uh and fair enough you need those hundreds of millions of downloads and and that's how success is measured in the streams and the downloads and but uh i would i would urge that same world to look at how long a viewer spends on a slow interview it's the same person it's the same consumer from that quote unquote fast world who is watching a 2 hour interview it's not an interview it's like a film mm-hmm. who's giving me 2 hours of his or her life uh, watching a conversation that has no controversy that has nothing titillating that is just an immersive experience so 
if it's the battle of attention, I won in those two hours and slow one in those two hours. So I think, I think this needs to be spoken about more. This needs to be there. There has to be an activist zeal in reclaiming slow. Nilish, the world always loves a contrarian view. Okay. And when it comes to enjoying and listening, it's one thing because it's like, it's like a fantasy. It's like, you know, I want to aspire to something like that, but converting that fantasy to a fact of my life, that requires some doing. So how do you unpeel this part? So I, I think converting it to reality is not at all as hard at it as it seems. Uh, and uh, now our experience through the pandemic is uh, supporting me and, and, and it's here to prove my point that yes, you can live that life. You can slow down and not everybody needs to leave, move to a village. Hmm. Going down is, is not about, you know, just going and uh, growing vegetables and, and having them. No, not everybody will have this opportunity, mm-hmm. but we can turn slow wherever we are and, you know, whoever we are and every person's, every consumer's perception of slow is different. Like our perception of nostalgia is different hmm. if we are 13 or if we are 80, hmm. Hmm. but there is certainly nostalgia. So actually, that that's a, uh, that's exactly what I was going to bring up, uh, Nilesh. I think you've already refuted this point that you know this is not a not merely an effect of or an after effect of the pandemic. Uh, even though for many people this was an involuntary interruption to our lives, but it sounds to me like this is not merely being built upon nostalgia. I mean, your food, your honey, the villagers looking to set up outside Daradun. Uh, those don't sound like a return to something so much as a new way of being. What do you say on Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Um, I think uh, nostalgia is a subset of that. Nostalgia, there hmm. is a, um, nostalgia means uh, simplicity. Nostalgia means becoming unhurried in this sense. So hmm. uh, to me, um, uh, when I narrate stories uh, on, on radio and I found that uh, it had touched uh, a chord, it had, uh, uh, you know, uncovered a, a layer of urban dust and, and revealed uh, who we actually are. We're all small towners in some way or the other. Um, it was about that. It was about becoming unhurried, uncluttered, uh, more rooted, I would say. So I was going to connect a dot with another uh, norm that we spoke about, uh, Anisha and I spoke about, English, which is, you know, for, for for long, businesses also have been uh, relentlessly pursuing the idea of growth at all costs. And one of the things we were advocating was uh, degrowth as a strategy for progress, not just for more profits or more revenues, right? Um, to To actually say it's okay to register and report lesser revenue if actually you enable more progress for your employees, for your customers, for the world. Uh, for all your stakeholders, uh, the way I'm looking at it, connecting back to what you're saying is, in some way, are we saying we are ready to make do with less? I'm, I'm delighted that you brought this up. I think that this this norm needs to be questioned about what is growth and what is success and what are investors and corporations really running after. Now, I think unless the impact prism 
is put through everything we do. And that impact can be anything. Is it about uh, feeling great after watching some lovely content or feeling satiated after having a great uh, millet uh, cookie or going to a place? But the impact, the question, the, 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 the problem is that people like me who only and only look at life, work, business through what impact it caused and not through the numbers uh, it garnered are out of place right now. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm out to, to, to in many, in whatever small way I can change that. But what is it that mm. investors are, are, are propagating? Apps that encourage gambling, apps that force kids to be, uh, to become coders or think that their life are ruined. What, what, I mean, it isn't, this needs to change because consumers also want the good things. I think the assumption here is that you will make money if you sell this immediacy. I think hmm. this needs to be this needs to be questioned. What are our investors who are how are they shaping the lives of the consumers who their investing companies are re reaching out? So you know, this is exactly Nilesh where you know my question was coming from. In a in an economy where GDP numbers are driven by consumption, when you spoke about success in the commercial sense, uh, you said maybe it will also become successful. Now, when there are lives at stakes and livelihoods at stakes and large industries at stake, and we know what pandemic has done uh, to the economy, what kind of a roadmap do you see where some of these shifts become more almost like norms as against a niche that is appealing to a few? Well, uh, I, I run Gaon Connection and I would definitely, from that context, uh, India never had more talent than it has now in its villages. It's been completely unnoticed. Mm -hmm. This is a golden opportunity for rural entrepreneurship. When millions and millions of people returned home, we were classist enough and hypocritical enough to call them migrant labor. Well, most, yeah, of course, millions are migrant, migrant labor. But in UP, I have the numbers, at least one third of them are skilled people. They are beauticians, they are gym instructors, they are accountants, they are bakers, they are chefs, and they're back. Mm -hmm. And they have brought back a work ethic of urban India. It's like when somebody comes back from the West, they bring back a certain work ethic. Mm -hmm. I think that that could spur a huge, huge growth opportunity in rural India where new entrepreneurship can emerge new ideas can emerge. But that's not being looked at because what we want is, uh, you, you know, you launch, you launch a, a music video and you want a hundred million views. That's it. That song might be forgotten in whatever time. That's the, that's the philosophy we have. I think if industries were to look towards rural India right now and in terms of entrepreneurship, in terms of these new ideas that are emerging, you could unlock huge value for themselves, for the corporations and for the country. So I think some of these counter narratives which exist but are not being looked at, it would be great to you know give them some respect now. There, there's so much to unpack here, but at the same time, just so simply uh, stated. So I do hope the kind of impact you've had 
even in just this conversation we're able to put it out there for our audience as well thank you so much and um, i'm really happy that there's two more of you who also want to slow down their lives so nadan what's the single most important insight you're taking out of everything nilesh said it's a bit of an epiphany but it's so clear after having heard him and it's this mm-hmm. slow is not a time or a place or even taste mm-hmm. slow is about making deliberate choices that make your world and potentially the world better slow is choosing positivity and shedding negativity in fact i'd go so far as to say that slow is an act of positive sacrifice positive sacrifice that's an interesting phrase well it, you let go of the things you don't need that don't bring you joy so that mm-hmm. at the end you're only left with what you love to fill your world with to fill the world with and as a way of being i would go so far as to say it's the art of doing what matters without regret guilt or a feeling of merely following the herd mm. Mm. what about you anisha can slow win against fast is it a viable way of business and of life what hacks do you have for our listeners this is one of those norms you know where you say it's easier said than done mm. and and therefore the hacks uh, become so much more personalized and uh, dependent on the kind of effort that you are willing to put in and the mindset that you are willing to shift the hack that i have is that it's not about technology but it's about technique that can help you slow down people think that technology has made life fast but there are some others who believe that technology has also allowed us to do things certain things fast so that we can give ourselves time to do things that we enjoy doing at leisure than at pace but mm. i want to park the debate aside for the moment it's not about technology whether making it fast or slow it's about what techniques can you adopt that can help you slow down okay and i want to use a very apt analogy of basketball uh, mm. to amplify this in basketball you know what's the difference between the best players at any level and those who aren't quite as good i'm intrigued the ability to play the game at different speeds in a practice mm. session a basketball coach did a drill where the players were asked to start dribbling from a standstill accelerate quickly for 2 to 3 dribbles around 10 feet then go slow down to a walk while dribbling some more and finally accelerate at full speed into a jump shot and what do you think happened i'm afraid i don't know because i never played you know the basketball <laughs> almost every player struggled to execute the drill properly and which part was the hardest for them the walking how they would go fast at the start just as the drill called for but then the players would only slow down ever so slightly to a fast jog instead of walking why is slowing down so hard for young players most young players truly believe that they must be going full speed at all times in order to beat the defender what they don't understand is that it's not the top and dash speed that enables an offensive player to get free rather the technique to deceive and change pace that truly separates great players from lesser ones and when i heard about this analogy and i said this is so true of our world of business hmm. how can you improve your ability to control your own pace businesses need to realize that everything done at peak speed results in employees that are out of control hmm. the best employees are those that have begun to understand that you can't just work at high rpm all the time 
Businesses have to teach them the technique to dial it back, set the defense up, get them thinking one thing while getting ready to do something else. Improving the ability to control their pace and change it at will is what will separate great leaders from the rest. So techniques are very, very personal, right from individual breathing techniques to certain business practices. We could do a whole session on that and a whole podcast episode on that. But it's important to get the technique to be able to control the pace. Anisha, you know, I'm a marathoner and at the heart of successfully running marathons is exactly the same thing of controlling your pace. But I don't think I ever noticed the lesson that was there for me to be learned. But thank you for bringing this out. Interesting. You are a marathoner as well. Okay. (laughs) The next one for me is actually the more difficult one. We have to give ourselves the permission to go slow. The most difficult part of going slow is losing the guilt and self-permission. Legitimizing slow is hard. Mm. We've been trained for decades to be busy, work long hours, say yes, listen to the siren call of more, more money, more likes, links, followers. Mm. We're trained to be more efficient, to cram more into each minute, each hour, each day. The cult of speed has pushed us to a breaking point. We are almost living on the edge of exhaustion. And we are constantly reminded by our bodies and minds that the pace is spinning out of control and yet we don't stop. Hmm. So we need to give ourselves the right to determine our own tempos and control the rhythms of our own life without feeling guilty. We must get back in touch with our inner tortoise without the guilt and without the fear of missing out. I love those two phrases in that the cult of speed as the enemy and our inner tortoise as what will get us across the line at our pace. What's number three? No, it's important to know that it pays to pace your passion. Hmm. And let me take an example to explain this. You know, I've seen so many women in the kitchen who love cooking. Hmm. And they experiment with amazing recipes and churn out some really yum food. But that's where it stops. They leave hmm. the kitchen in a mess. The presentation is like, really, they'll just dump it there. The entire effort of a beautifully cooked recipe just seems so half-baked if the, mm. if the peripherals around it are also not given equal attention and time. Mm. You know, so it's almost like seeing that you are passionate about something, but you're compromising on something else which is not your area of interest. Mm. And in watching this, it reminds me of times in my career where I discovered a passion for part of the job. I would Hmm. then proceed to do that part to the best of my ability with all my passion, only Hmm. to sweep other parts of the job that I didn't enjoy as much to the side, forgetting, delegating or underloving that part of the role. Hmm. Only problem is, just like those women in the kitchen, in doing this, you miss the whole story. Hmm. In finding one part of the process we love, we miss the other parts. Hmm. slowing your pace will help you enjoy the full process and make the outcome so much more refined at all levels Hmm. there could be a sense of pride in it so for me pacing your passion so that you're giving it full attention not just to the core but to all aspects of it Hmm. uh, would for me be a hack that I would want to remind myself of I think this should be kind of enshrined on a plaque and given to all all leaders. So it's a great <laughs> hack, not just for 
slow, but I think it's a great hack for creativity in all aspects. Yeah, absolutely. We just just pay attention to what we love and ignore the rest of it, but the final output gets compromised. You know. Yes. The next one has been deliberated and discussed a lot. Uh, but you know, I think it is—it's so fundamental that you know mm. I would not be doing justice if I don't bring this out. We have to take money out of the equation. Mm. Money is important, but money is not the goal. It's only a consequence of success. Mm. We know it is essential to good life, just like freedom, freedom and good health. It's as hygiene as that. But putting money as your goal will only lead you to a frustrating and never-ending quest for success. You'll never achieve and experience true happiness and success. You'll only have a pile of money. So instead of aiming for money, aim for things that will make you happy. Like I said, it sounds very cliche, but we have to, you know, dedicate ourselves to a profession and work hard to be the best at what we do. If we give it our best, if we are totally committed, and of course, if we are lucky to do the kind of work that we enjoy doing, even if we don't, we have to give it our best. The money will surely come later as a consequence of your great work and professionalism. As eloquently put, uh, Nisha, as uh, Nilesh was talking about his own experience, having moved to a village outside of Lucknow and pursuing his passion. If we make a case against fast growth, I think Nilesh did that too. Hmm. By emphasizing and constantly reminding ourselves of the various benefits of deliberate and responsible growth and mm. let, and we all know that i'll just i'll just list them out we know that slow emphasizes process and choice it's not about being lazy stupid or indecisive it's about knowing that the ends don't justify the means how you get where you're going is a choice and it's a choice you get to make only you can decide what kind of a journey you'd like to take Mm. We also know that slow is smartly balanced and in the end more profitable. Fast profit and short-term thinking is why business and capitalism has failed humanity and the planet. Mm. I also believe that prosperity is a far more meaningful measure of success than profit. Mm. When we all slow down, we connect more deeply with ourselves, each other and with our communities. And that's where real change happens. Mm. So you know what? What? this brought to mind was something that I think we've kind of alluded to in one of the episodes in the past. Yes. But it touches upon the uh, the old Greek philosophy of time and the two concepts of time. Mm -hmm. right? The Greeks looked at the linear chronos, but also this other concept called kairos. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the time when special events happen in the present moment. Yes. Right? yes. And we live life based only on chronological time. And because of that, uh, that makes everything fast because mm. our journey is based only on chronological sequential time alone. You're so right. Chronological time is always based upon a start and an end. And it is in our human nature to reach the end as fast as possible. Isn't that so? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm still reflecting on the five hacks and I have an unusual um, role model to, to bring up here. I'll just take 30 seconds for this. Mm -hmm. As much as every one of these is, uh, is so perfectly relevant for business, one person I think who has embodied this all his life 
is one of my favorite authors uh, Ruskin Bond i think mm-hmm. you know from technique to giving himself the permission to slow down to pacing his passion to getting money out of the equation i mean he actually became rich only at the age of 54 but wow. he started writing at 16 mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and then that, that's it right he, he he took money out of the equation but he made a case for deliberate growth not fast growth mm-hmm. and i think we can all pick up each of these five hacks that you have so insightfully called out and apply it in our own ways so insightfully hack as always anisha thank you navan thank you all right it's time now for storming the norm with gt insights where we will have the gt expert pallavi bakru telling us how business can specifically help storm this norm we have with us pallavi bakru partner grand thornton bharat pallavi wears multiple hats at gt and leads their private client services as well as the india uk corridor business Thank you, Naran. A pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, what advice would you give them in terms of uh, deploying slow as a strategy? So, you know, the way I read slow is it's the ability to take decisions which are more deliberate, which are mm-hmm. more conscious, uh, and mm-hmm. are more responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's not necessarily at the you know by sacrificing speed, mm-hmm. but I think it's just being more. conscious of what you're doing and this is increasingly becoming important because of the stress on sustainability within the corporate world uh my advice uh for future strategies for businesses would be one have a vision uh i think mm. you know increasingly people want to work for organizations that have a purpose right and equally the outside world also wants to know what do you stand for so it's you know important to define that then of course is the focus on sustainability Mm. you know that's completely non negotiable people need to start evaluating your people practices your position on diversity and not just diversity on the board but you know across the organization the, the shop floor included uh you know the impact that you're making on the environment how do you deal with your waste and affluence how do you conserve water how are you switching to more green energy uh, in your operations i think the other piece of advice would be to think long term Mm. you know we tend to forget that the organizations are going to be around a lot longer than we are so you know our, our decision making doesn't necessarily have to be uh, influenced by the quarterly uh, you know reporting format and then the other thing would be i think to be inclusive and and lastly to be nimble because you know you have to be able to embrace change and stay relevant so really you know businesses really need to up their ante to you know what i call go up their accountability ladder so uh, i'm going to join three thoughts as i think the 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 keystones of the advice you're giving have a vision make sure sustainability is a big part of it and be agile enough to ensure you're delivering enduring success perfect i think you've summed it thank up thank you so much taken for granted norm a deeply insightful guest perspective hacks to storm the norm and a business perspective That's a full plate to wrap up episode twenty of Storm the Norm. Now powered by Grand Thornton Bharat. As always, there are multiple places you can catch us on: on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Geo Seven by just searching for Storm the Norm. And on Saregama Karwa Two Point Zero devices on channel four five three. This is Anisha and Narayan signing off for now. We'll be back with a new episode in shortly. Thank you, and talk to you soon.